You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Welcome into the Lions 24-7 podcast. Tyler Donahue and Sean Fitz with you. Episode 2 this week and we have now had about 60 hours, Sean, to digest the news that dropped Tuesday and, and led us to record that late night podcast episode a few days ago. And uh, the Big Ten, nothing has changed. No miracle Hail Mary has come through to, to lead us into thinking there will be fall football uh, for Penn State. The, the same kind of reality setting in for folks in, in Columbus and and uh, out in Nebraska and really across the conference right now as some program shifting focus to potentially playing football in early 2021. Some programs leaving us waiting to find out where they're leaning in the process and what they think about the things we've heard. Unfortunately, we're, we're, we're covering one of those programs, Sean, because James Franklin has not issued any kind of official statement uh, since the Big Ten released its decision on Tuesday. Uh, so that's still kind of an open-ended situation of, of how he's going to approach this publicly and, and what his stance is going to be. But uh, here we are. We've got some recruiting news to dive into, which is a nice distraction uh, during a rough week uh, for our college football coverage here at Lions 24-7. If we didn't uh, pound that into your head, just a losing hope and everything like that, we're back to do it again. And and no scratches this time. So again, I apologize for the, the first episode this week of the beard scratching. Uh, the beard wanted my... to chime in on the conversation. It did. It did really well, and that was just oh, it's so frustrating because you record it, and then all of a sudden, you, you there's nothing you can do about it because it's we record for 45 minutes or an hour, and and you get to the end, and it's just like oh, here we go. So anyway, that's in the past. I hope you guys check that out. I know it's not that depressing of a listen. Uh, we got a couple, we got some feedback on it that you know nobody wants to hear it, but at the same time, I think there was some good stuff in it. So definitely check that out. Now we've got a little bit more recruiting focus on here. Uh, so recruiting still happening, and recruiting still happening. Happening well for Penn State in the 2022 class, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Penn State got uh, got their second tight end already, which is amazing when you think about uh, the the ebbs and flows of tight end recruiting over the last couple of cycles. And now all of a sudden you've got two for 2020, and those guys are on campus. And uh, by the way, hearing some great things about Theo Johnson, but uh, nothing in 2021 right now because we had the the Maliki Mataveo and Jack Pugh. And oh, remember, Nick Elksness was seems like so long ago right now. And Brock Bowers visited. He just committed to Georgia over the weekend, and Khalil Dinkins still over the. They're still on the board. And now you get into 2022. Had the surprise commitment from Jerry Cross. Now you've got sort of a surprise commitment from Holden Stays, four-star kid from Westminster School. If that name sounds familiar, that's Blake Gilligan's old school down in Atlanta. Uh, very good relationship there with Penn State. Uh, these guys both uh, know Blake Gilligan. Uh, Reference these guys. I just wrote a story on another uh, Westminster kid this morning. Um, but no, it's uh, another big pickup at tight end. Tyler Bowen's cooking, man. I mean, he's the number two re- uh, recruiter in the 2022 class, which is Way too early to say that, but Penn State's got the number three class in the 2022 class. So why don't we just, uh, why don't we just roll with that? So Penn State, second commitment from a tight end in this class, fourth commitment overall, all on the offensive side of the ball. 
That came in on Thursday evening around 7 p.m. Eastern time uh, with Holden Stays announcing his commitment to Penn State, the number four tight end in the composite for the 2022 class nationally. 24-7 sports has him at number 12 at the position. He's a four-star prospect in either of those evaluations at a top 200 overall talent in the composite rankings. And Sean, you're right. The Tyler Bowen brand is quite strong these days with what he's getting done on the recruiting trail. Let's also remember He's the offensive recruiting coordinator for Penn State, so uh, very much engaged in many of the conversations that are being uh, uh, ongoing in 2021, 2022. And, and as you said, all of these commitments, all four of them coming on the offensive side of the football. And oh, by the way, last time we saw Penn State on the field, Tyler Bowen was calling plays and Penn State was breaking postseason bowl records with their offensive performance. So, uh, yeah, lots of like for, for Tyler Bowen, who uh, who just know, became it, a dad <laughs> last month. That's right. So, a lot, a lot to love, really, about uh, Tyler Bowen. More importantly, yeah, a new father. Congratulations to, to him and his wife on on their new addition. But this new addition through recruiting, it's another head turner. And and if you read the 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 story that I I read uh, this morning on Brian Doan, uh, late night uh, Tuesday, got this up breaking down kind of what makes him excited about Holden stays. He wraps it up by drawing some comparisons to Pat Fryermuth at this stage of their respective high school careers. Remember a, a, a stays going into his junior year and, and that led Brian Doan to look at where Fryermuth was halfway through his high school career. Um, I guess you could say three years in because remember Fryermuth had five years at the prep level, but uh, Sean, they got Fryermuth uh, on board with their 2018 class before his junior year. They do the th- same thing with stays here and, and he actually got the campus. This is not one of those committing blindly from a different region stories that we have dealt with a bit more across college football. And, and we saw in this 22 class uh, with Milwaukee tight end Jerry Cross committing before he visited. Uh, Holden was on campus last weekend, as you reported, um, when you put your crystal ball pick on Thursday morning. He's uh, There's a lot to like about this one. This is a kid that's a complete tight end. And I think that's probably where the Fryermuth comparison comes in. It, it's so hard to, I mean, you know, you've you've been around Saquon, you've been around Pat, you've been around Micah Parsons. It's so hard to compare high school kids to these stars and superstars in the college game. So I, I kind of stopped short of that. I, I gave him a little Brenton Strange comparison uh, just based off of his high school tape, but very, very good all around tight end. Uh, and you don't really see that, to be honest with you, especially kids this young. He's willing to block. He better be willing to block because Westminster just runs the ball like crazy. I think he only had eight catches or something like that last year, but, you know, looked pretty good on tape doing so. Just an all-around tight end. You, you take a look at the two guys that they've gotten so far. Jerry Cross is more sort of, you know, if we're going to do this, let's do this. In Zach the Zach Kuntz, Kuntz moment. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he's, he, he's the guy that, you know, will split out, plays receiver. He's just very long, very, uh, you know, just athletic. And, you know, he's, he's more of a wide receiver. Holden stays as a guy that you can put in line. You can put all over the place, really. Um, really a ton of potential there. Um, just in terms of, I think his floor is much higher, um, even though we're talking about 2022 20, guys who still have two years of high school left. I mean, there's still a lot to like about Holden Stays. You saw what you know, you mentioned what Brian Doan wrote. Uh, this is probably one of the first times he's looked at him. He did us a favor and and did a 
did a, uh, a quick look at his film and came away very impressed. We rated him on 24-7 Sports for the first time in July. Kept him as a four-star outside the top 247. Probably want to get another look at him, get some numbers on him. But uh, yeah, I think this is a guy that's on the rise. He's the number four tight end in the 24-7 Sports composite, number 12 in 24, uh, 24-7 Sports tight end overall. So I mean, you've, you've got a lot to like about this kid. And to be honest with you, and I'm right about this a little bit later today, there's a lot of interest in joining Jerry Cross as a tight end in Penn State's class. So uh, that's uh, that's something that, that got interesting down toward the end. Holden stays visited over the weekend uh, and really, you know, uh, just hopped on his op- on his opportunity and, and and got it done. And this is, a I think, a really good pickup for Penn State. Uh, continues to add to that offensive class. Joins Caden Saunders, of course, Jerry Cross and quarterback Bo Perbula. So uh, there's uh, there's a lot to like so far. I'm, I'm very impressed with what I've seen from from Holden stays. I think he's, uh, you know, in terms of as, as far as tight ends go. It's pretty good haul, and that's uh, that's saying something considering what Penn State's been able to put together in the last few years. Yeah, some of your intel that that you were sharing uh, out of Penn State uh, about the tight end recruiting in 2022, things got pretty late early in this cycle, uh, apparently, in terms of, of guys wanting to claim spots in the class and the position. We'll see how it shakes up with 2021 and if they end up with a player at the position, but suddenly a, a two-player class already for 2022. They, they signed two players this past cycle at tight end, Theo Johnson out of Canada, Tyler Warren, a very intriguing athlete uh, who was committed to play quarterback at one point to Virginia Tech. And uh, then, of course, in 2018 class, you had Zach Koontz, Pat Fryermuth, both, both were considered top 10 overall prospects at the tight end position. So uh, we've seen multiplayer classes all of a sudden locked into one for 2022. And uh, who else offered this kid? Well, a bunch of schools of 20 plus FBS offers to his credit halfway through high school, Alabama, Auburn, Florida state, uh, Georgia, LSU, Michigan, Ohio state, Southern Cal among those listed on his 24 seven sports profile, quite the offer sheet, quite the status in these early rankings um, and, and Penn State with a first-year offensive coordinator transitioning um, to a, a an attack that we don't know what it will look like anytime soon, unfortunately, which uh, we've talked about a lot. How, how could that maybe hold back Penn State's ability to pitch itself to top offensive talent? Well, look what we got in 2022. Uh, the conversations we've been having, just 19 days, four commitments happened during that span. And as you said, three Top 200 talents when you look at the composite rankings with Saunders and Cross and now Stays. And then you throw in a a very high ceiling quarterback in the state who's not going to get that bump right now because uh, if he doesn't get a chance to play as a junior, it's going to be hard to evaluate who Bro Perbula is at QB right now. But uh, a top 10 dual threat quarterback already in the 24-7 sports evaluation, the number one in-state quarterback for this cycle, a guy who thinks may help 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 you recruit locally and also offensively. Um, I, I didn't see this strong of a start coming under these circumstances, uh, but, but Penn State capitalizing on it. And, and only LSU, Sean, the reigning national, national champion of college football, has more players committed to them on the 2022 trail than Penn State. Didn't we get a question like like six weeks ago about being worried about not having a 2022 commit so far? Is that is that something that's in my I, I wanted, memory? That's why I wanted to get to that one quickly. We appreciate that. We appreciate yes. it. Thank you, whoever sent that question in. You got things rolling and we got going. So uh, 
Uh, appreciate that because we, uh, we we love content here and it's good content when guys are committing. Check out all the stuff online, 247.com with the Holden Stays commitment. We've got some some analysis. Tyler went into the, the offensive start for Penn State and, you know, it could continue to be a good start for Penn State. You've got uh, a bunch of receivers out there, a bunch of talent in the region, especially in Pennsylvania next cycle. It's, uh, you know, I'm going to end up maybe writing the same exact thing I, I told you to uh, to sort of copy and paste your tight end story from when Jerry Cross committed. I could do the same thing with uh with targets in the region because Penn State seems to be trending up seems to be turning that corner and getting going in the 2022 class uh the no visits thing you know I as much as it has hindered the 2021 uh cycle you know it's uh you know it's going it's you're going to hit some speed bumps no doubt in 2022 but at the same time you've got uh you've got some things working for you and sort of settled into their groove now and four commitments in the 2022 class holding stays a pretty darn good one and by the way, some some guest analysis on social media last night reacting to this commitment. Pat Fryermuth chimed in with a tweet uh, approximately an hour after this commitment came through. And uh, his his quote there was, this tight end room is going to be stacked for years. We, we don't know if we've seen the last of Pat Fryermuth in a Penn State uniform. We think we probably have. Um, but he walks away from a position room that is in a great spot. It has plenty to prove on the football field, but in terms of the competition that lies ahead, not just in 2021, but beyond a tight end, uh, cross and stays would be number five and number six among four-star tight ends to sign with Penn State since the 2018 cycle. Uh, so that is a lot to work with. And, and that's impressive by Pat because he, you know, he's sort of uh, leaving things better than he found it, I guess you could call it, with the tight end room. He, You remember he was active in recruiting guys like uh, Theo Johnson. You remember uh, before Theo announced, of course, you know, he, he, he went on his pitch about how, uh, how you should come, come to Penn State if you're a tight end. I believe he was clowning Michigan fans in the Instagram Live, if I remember correctly, for Theo. Johnson's announcement uh, talked about, uh, you know, not not talked about, but, you know, you could see him react to these things like the Holden Stays commitment, like the other commitments in tight end. think he's definitely, you know, leaving that place better than he found it. And, you know, he's obviously a big reason why, but he wants to see that uh, that success continue. From the 2022 recruiting class, which is quickly building out for Penn State, to the 2021 group that we've spent a lot of time discussing and, and continues to find itself further caught up with college football's mess regarding COVID-19 and, and how the NCAA is going to handle things. Uh, we know that roster questions are a plenty for Penn State, all programs in the Big Ten and the Pac-12 at this point. The NCAA, uh, we're waiting for official confirmation of this, but it sounds like they're going to go uh, with kind of that spring sports structure that we saw in place earlier this year where uh, players who are, are, are see their year wiped away or postponed here uh, by COVID-19 uh, they'll be uh, have a chance to, to extend their eligibility. And, and, and what will that mean for Penn State and the 85 scholarship limit and the early enrollees and all that stuff? Uh, there's a lot to get into, and we'll do that in a second, actually, with class leader Landon Tengwall, uh, committed back in March. She had a lot to share about the Zoom call that took place on Tuesday night, Sean, uh, where Landon um, and just about every commitment, it sounds like, we caught up with a bunch of them this week. Uh, they got together along with their parents and James Franklin and other staff members, and they tried to hash things out on Tuesday. But as we talked about when we recorded Tuesday night, in a rare occasion, James Franklin and his closest Penn State confidants in that personnel department 
did not have the answers in front of them for a lot of the most important questions. And I know that's such a frustrating uh, path to walk for Franklin and company because they like to have all the answers all the time and look toward the future. And right now, uh, they're basically telling recruits, when we know, you'll know, and we'll do our best along the way to answer any questions you might have. It's really a continuing theme. And that's one of the things that we dove into the other night is just so many questions that, that are left unanswered by this decision, and you have to pass that along. You've got to, I don't want to say reassure, but you have to sort of uh, soften the blow. You have to, you know, provide a plan of attack, and you've got to get going with with that plan of attack. Now, some some of that stuff is easier than others, but when you've got recruiting classes spread out all over the country, there's different ways that people handle this news. I thought, you know, we combined on a story with uh, Zaki Wheatley, the safety from Maryland, and really, really good perspective from him. I recommend you check that out. Tyler ended up writing that up uh, as I was on the road, but uh, really good perspective around him. I mean, you you can't blame the coaches. You can't blame the the, the program in essence that doesn't happen, but still guys are going to be upset and guys are going to want answers. And right now, the you know, they kind of rush to that decision and without giving coaches those answers. And, you know, that that game of telephone is a very tough one to be at the at the end of. So I think that that's really something where, you know, they could have and, and we're going to play hindsight for the next six months to a year or whatever, what they could have done. Uh, but that that's really something that that really should have been a little bit more thought out. And and when you see the reactions of Nebraska, when you see the reactions of Ohio State and Penn State and, you know, rumors of them potentially looking to schedule games outside the Big Ten, the Big Ten's got a problem right now. And that's something that's sort of going to trickle down. And and that's something you're going to have to answer to those recruits. So there's a lot uh, a lot going on in the last couple of days. Um, you're, you're never going to have all those answers, but uh, you got to put your in position to to have the answers that you can, I guess, formulate and go with. And so far, that's pretty much what they've tried to do. The deeper we get into August and then eventually into September, where we are still previewing college football matchups in the ACC and SEC in the Big 12, I think that percep- that perception of the problem will continue to escalate um, and, and, and you know, more ire will certainly be directed towards the Big Ten leadership uh, and the presidents who made this decision. But again, when we evaluate this decision and how things played out, two, three weeks down the line, we may have a very different interpretation of how things have developed, something as we have learned to do in 2020 wait and see, and then uh, we'll react accordingly. Um, but this group does face questions, Sean, because not only is this the 2020 recruiting class that's going to be remembered as the one who apparently won't be visiting any schools, certainly not in the official visit capacity, uh, doesn't look like, again, the pushing back of the NCAA uh, um, emergency dead period on visits extended into the fall now. No surprise there. We'll see if that's extended ultimately through the end of the calendar year. Um, but the question here is if you if you were to enroll early and the and your conference was pursuing a, a, a essentially a two season year where they 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 get on there with some kind of a, a collaborative effort to put together a schedule early 2021 they find a solution and then they have a fall schedule waiting beyond that does that mean if you are a freshman uh, who enrolls early that that you're looking at losing two seasons of eligibility in, in one year or where you're applying a red shirt to one and all of a sudden you're, uh, you know, uh, eligibility wise, like a red shirt sophomore a- after one year on campus. That's tough to wrap your head around. And of course, just getting these guys on scholarships and having those available, because as we discussed Tuesday night and as we continue to wonder if you are 
uh, you know, not telling these seniors to hit the curb, which I you should not be doing in this conference or any, uh, and you're retaining players. And if you can avoid some kind of mass exodus uh, through the transfer portal, you are going to be really tight on scholarship numbers. And if you were to bump up the scholarship totals uh, for Big Ten teams, four Pac-12 teams this year, and the other three Power Five conferences, Sean, move forward, play games, and burn eligibility – how the heck do you approach balancing that out uh, in terms of recruiting numbers and, and finding that even advantage? I guess we just have to say the, 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 any kind of fair and balanced competitive uh, field right now, it, it's, it's hard to, to gauge because three of these conferences may be playing meaningful football on national television and doing things for their brand that teams within the Big Ten right now are not capable of doing. My Wednesday morning trimmings uh, aptly titled "More Questions Than Answers," and that's what we got right now because that's a that's a tough one. Now, I I agree that uh, you know the, there's going to be things to work through. I also think that you know it could come crumbling down for those three conferences that are going to you know say that they're going to play. But I'll be honest with you: the longer that plays out, the better it is for those three conferences in terms of perception, in terms of uh, you know what they uh, sort of want to stand by and and sort of go with that perception that that football just mean you know that sec slogan it just means more i think that that's something that's going to help those guys out and the longer that that goes on the more whispers that you get to hear of okay well the big 10 the pac 12 kind of on the outside looking in in terms of commitment to football and that's something that eventually could hurt you in recruiting i i don't really buy into that. I think I said that on the the first episode this week. I don't really buy into that big mass uh movement away from these two conferences just because they they uh cancel football for the season, but at the same time, I think there's a little bit of merit to okay, well, here's these schools, they want to play, I want to play. I, I I can align with that. And and let's be honest, if you look at, you know, high schools all around the country and especially in Pennsylvania, those guys want to play and that's the they're not making the same decisions that the Big 10 presidents are making they're not making the same decisions that the Big 10 commissioner is making but at the root of it you know a lot of guys just say hey I just want to play football and 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 that's understandable and I get that um but it's going to align at some point and it's going to um you know probably may hurt you with with a couple of kids here and there especially guys coming from out of the region obviously so far it hasn't hurt with guys like Holden Stays but you know that that that's something that could sort of trickle down and be an issue in the future but I haven't seen that so far guys are kind of playing wait and see at every level right now when we look at the storyline of the 2021 class beyond the hurdles that remain between now and the early signing period in December and the traditional signing period in February, um, something to be aware of with this group is they may be thrust right onto that depth chart before Penn State plays another game. It's not something we were anticipating. We've been, uh, you know, kind of putting the 2021 class in its own space and the current 2020 roster in another space, anticipating there would be football, there would be players moving on from the season and you'd see your normal roster change instead we find ourselves in a spot where uh, those two are a bit jumbled you could see the 2021 uh, early enrollees get on campus in a spot where uh, they are impacting the competition uh, for who hits the field when Penn State next finds its way into a, into a game. So a lot to look for there. I'll have a story up by the time you hear this podcast on quarterback Christian Veyu, uh, who I spoke with this week uh, about what's going on with, with his life and a lot a lot in play for him being an international prospect and, and not having right now a, a false schedule in place for football. Uh, but 
He talks about enrolling early. I wrote about that. Go check it out up on the site, lines247.com. Give you some perspective on what that might mean for the quarterback room and really overall how this is just uh, another example of the unprecedented situation um, that that is facing the 2021 class and and the personnel departments trying to bring them in within these next few months. Uh, We're going to take a quick break because along with Christian Veyu this week, we caught up with Landon Tengwall, considered uh, a class leader for this 2021 Nittany Lions class. He breaks down the realities his fellow high school seniors are facing uh, with a return to football, an attempted return to football, and he talks top targets for Penn State as they look to build on a 13-player class in the upcoming weeks and months. Stay with us here on the Lions 24-7 podcast. A bunch more to come. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets. We continue to focus on recruiting and how the Penn State 2021 class is impacted by the new reality that there is no 2020 season and we have all these new roster concerns. And we bring on class leader Landon Tangwall. And Landon, it feels like a long time ago when you committed to the class in March. So much has changed. You have a lot of company in this group now, 13 commits. But we also have to face what's in front of us this fall. You are uncertain with what you're looking at with your high school program in Maryland. Penn State's already out of the mix for the fall schedule. What's your initial reaction to how things have developed in late summer here? Yeah, obviously, you know, it's not the outcome, you know, any anybody wanted, uh, you know, especially us uh, 21 commits, you know, we wanted to be around campus. Uh, you know, we wanted to come to the, all the games, especially the whiteout game, you know, so that's going to that's gonna suck to miss out on that. Um, you know, obviously a ton of other things, you know, senior year is supposed to be a fun year. Uh, so there's not much going on really. Everybody's in their house, you know. Uh, for you know, fortunately, I'm able to work out with my team, uh, so that's that's been great. But uh, yeah, it's, it hasn't it hasn't been too great of a year so far. So hopefully that'll uh, improve soon, though. So you are still working with your team, but as of now, you have no games in the schedule this fall. Is that correct? Correct, correct. Yeah, yeah. We're uh, working out practicing uh, just about every day. Um, but uh, yeah, we're not. We're uncertain exactly what we're doing this fall, and our season has been uh, moved to spring. Now, if if your games, uh, senior games, are in the spring, um, I know you're still looking at options for early enrollment. We'll talk about that in a moment because the NCAA is going to have to figure some things out. But if you are not enrolling early in January, do you intend to play high school football during a spring season if that is presented to you? Yeah, if I don't go early, I'll I'll definitely play. Um, I don't, there's not, I don't see a scenario, obviously, unless our season cancels where, uh, if I have a season and I end up staying, I, I will, I will play. Um, like, yeah, uh, like I said, I mean, it's all going to depend on what the NCAA decides for my class as far as early enrolling, you know, if there's a spring season, is it going to count, uh, you know, as a, as a red shirt or as a, as a year for us, you know, so there's a lot of things I need to, uh, see before I make a decision. We are trying to dissect a lot of the stuff that you're also wrapping your mind around and along with your fellow commitments. And I know you all had a chance to, to get on a call on Tuesday evening with James Franklin and what a day it was for Coach Franklin and his staff started off making a case for 
for at least postponing a decision from the Big Ten on national TV in the morning. By the end of the day, he's trying to, to fill you guys in on details of that cancellation for the season. What was his demeanor like like on the call? And, and overall, what was your uh, appreciation for getting that kind of access on a day like Tuesday was? Yeah, the great thing about Coach Franklin was his, his demeanor was the same. You know, it was still happy Coach Franklin cracking jokes. Um, so that's, that's one of the reasons I love him. Um, you know, saying he's the same guy. Obviously, I'm sure he was really disappointed and upset. But, you know, him being him being the leader of our program. You know, he knew he knew he needed to, he needs something to bring it every day. He can't you know he can't be mopey and sad or you know all the players and the rest of the coaches that you know that'll rub off on them. So uh, I love that about Coach Franklin. And I really said we all and we're all talking about how much you know and we've seen it on Twitter. A lot of people have been talking about how much we appreciate Coach Franklin uh, keeping us in the loop, keeping our families in the loop. Um, you know, I'm not sure that all other schools are doing that. Um, you can just really tell he cares. Um, and, you know, he always, you know, he always preaches a family environment and, you know, that's, that's held truth, you know, from, from everything I've seen. Now you were on this call, uh, along with your parents. Yeah, my parents were on there. My parents were on there. And was it collectively with other commitments or was this a, a kind of a case by case basis or was it kind of a meeting altogether? No, it was kind of like a meeting. Um, they were kind of giving out some information. Uh, I think every, I think almost everybody's parents were on there, um, and all and all the recruits were on there. Uh, all the commits were on there. Um, but it was kind of more in like just informing us, even though there's not a lot to, to inform on. So I'm I'm assuming we'll probably have another meeting sometime next week since the NCAA meets Friday. Um, so I'm assuming we'll have you know a lot a lot more information um, on all all of our questions because you know. There's a lot of questions that need to be answered that, you know, they can't answer yet because, you know, we really don't know yet. What was the, the primary question or questions that you and your parents brought to the conversation before you got on there? And were you able to get any clarity there? Or do you come away still searching for those answers? Yeah, uh, honestly, I didn't really have I didn't have too many questions. My main question was just um, as far as early enrolling. um if that's going to, you know, if there's a season, is that going to count, um, you know, toward, you know, are we going to be able to play, you know, if we can, I've seen talks on Twitter of, you know, possibly being able to play and not counting, which, you know, I don't see that happening, but so th- that's really my main question. Um, as far as I started to look at early enrolling, um, and since, you know, I, I wanted to be around, you know, my school and stuff for the, for the end of the, my senior year, but obviously, you know, if the, if the Corona, it's going to be, you know, everybody's going to be in their houses and it's going to be online learning, you know, I might as well head to college. Um, but I, I, that's, I still need to, I still need to see, you know, um, a lot of different things before I make my decision. Now, if the NCAA is, is ultimately granting some kind of flexibility for scholarship numbers with the seniors and it opens the door for early enrollees, what's your confidence level that, that you'll be part of that early enrollee group? Um, honestly, I couldn't tell you right now. Obviously, that's a, that's a decision I'm gonna make with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I'll talk with Coach Franklin. Um, you know, right now it's, it seems like probably fifty fifty. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, it really all it just depends on different things. Um, you know, if that were to happen, that'd be great. Um, that probably up the chance for me of me going, obviously, early. But uh, yeah, it's definitely gonna be a, a family decision and. Uh, I'll, make, I'll definitely, you know, make an announcement about it when I uh, when I decide. One thing that Coach Franklin pointed to on Tuesday morning before things became official was the fact that he felt like he and his fellow coaches didn't really have all the information and resources to know 
what was the next part of the phase if the Big Ten was going to pull the plug? And it sounds like because those answers weren't available on your call that those are exactly the things he's still searching for. Were you surprised that, that the Big Ten would make this move without making these things already clear? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we all kind of wish they uh, they had a plan in place before, you know, they decided to cancel the season. Um, you know, I think that would have been the, the, the best thing to do. Um, you know, I guess they, they decided to wanted to cancel it. Um, you know, not much we can do about that. We kind of got to just kind of roll with the bunches and just, you know, just keep it going. Um, and that's one thing, like I said, we just follow our leader, Coach Franklin. That's something that's something he's doing. He's still waking up every morning, smile on his face, getting ready to work. Um, you know, so we just gotta we just gotta keep going. Did Franklin indicate that spring football season is a possibility? And and how do you feel about under those circumstances asking uh, college aged kids to play twenty five to thirty games in one calendar year? That's now kind of the topic. Is is spring football feasible if you still plan to have a fall twenty twenty one season? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's uh, definitely on the table right now, um, from from what I understand. Um, you know, I think that'd be a lot to ask some guys. I don't know if that if 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 we are to play in the spring, I'd, I'd hope that you know the the fall season will at least get pushed. You know, maybe a month 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 and a half because I think that's that's a little too much for football. You know, that might work for almost any other sport, but football football is just too physical. You need that you need that off season to recover. Um, so that would definitely not be ideal for athletes, especially, you know, and God forbid, you know, someone, someone gets injured and you're out for two seasons, then, you know, that's really not, so this is really not an ideal, uh, situation for really any of us. Um, you know, and I thought, and I said a couple things, uh, I put it on Twitter and I told a couple of different people that interviewed me that, you know, I think, you know, while it'd be a lot harder because the NFL is, you know, a group of however many guys, you know, it's a lot less guys, a lot less people, um, but so, something needs to be made as far as, you know, how the NFL has the NFL PA, you know, we need to make something similar, um, and, you know, set the, set the groundwork for, you know, the guys, guys even coming behind us um, so that the NCAA can meet our demands. Cause you know, as of right now, really the NCAA can do what they want, you know, if they want us to play, you know, spring and fall and not move the dates, you know, that, that's what they're going to do. So uh, that's definitely something I want to get involved with, especially once I get to play straight. Let's do our best to kind of focus in on some normal topics. I know at the end of the day, they're going to often circle back to, to the pandemic, but let's start with your role as a peer recruiter, because I know it's something you have a lot of pride in, but you have been robbed of any opportunity to get in rooms with these guys or share a field with these guys and actually rub elbows with your future teammates. And most importantly, the targets that you guys are going after, how surreal and challenging has this recruiting cycle been? Because I know you have high hopes for, for adding to this class and taking a personal role with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been more difficult, you know. I think Penn State, you know, it's one of those places you want to get guys on campus, you just want them to see because, you know, it's just so amazing. Uh, you know, the fans, just the facilities. Um, you know, that's you know, that's a big reason I love Penn State. Um, so, obviously, I just had to use tools. You know, thank God, you know, we have, like, Twitter. You know, I've played with guys on PS4, all that stuff. Um, so that's definitely made it easier. Um, but like I said, you know, it's not, nothing, nothing's the same as, as being on campus at Penn State, you know, it's just different. So I think we definitely, you know, kind of, it kind of hurts us because I think that's just a big recruiting tool just, and get guys in, you know, with Coach Franklin and all the coaches, you know, they're just so, you know, so fun, always joking, always having a good time. You know, that definitely hurts us, but the, you know, the coaches have done a great job, 
trying to put together a lot of Zoom calls. You know, we did the virtual last batch. Um, we did it. We've done player panels where we got um, current players on and got certain recruits uh, in there to just ask as many questions as they want uh, to everybody. So uh, our coaches are doing a great job as well as uh, the other commits trying to, you know, reach out and, you know, get guys to join us. You mentioned the player panel calls. Was that with just commits or was that kind of open to various recruits? And, and who were some of the players that you had a chance to actually communicate with and submit questions to? Uh, yeah, no. Uh, normally it was it was recruits that were trying he was trying to get to the commit, you know, uncommitted uh, recruits. So, you know, like I think no, we had one with Nolan, a uh, bunch of other guys. We had, I can't, there's a ton of people. Uh, they started almost, we started this uh almost right after quarantine once once everything kind of shut down they started them up right away so we've had i mean a ton of them um and all, all, i think all players have, have been on them we've had you know o-line like certain o-line ones and we had like i think there's like five o-line guys and i even hopped in it uh even asked some questions myself but also you know if i can answer some questions from you know my perspective you know just a committed recruit who hasn't really stepped on campus yet so i can you know provide a different perspective than you know say you know a guy that's been there two or three years so uh I think those definitely helped. Uh, you know, we got a couple guys, uh, swayed a couple guys off of that, but, uh, we're just going to continue doing those. Obviously, you know, the situation we're in, like I said, isn't ideal, but, uh, we're just going to make the best of it. This was never an issue for you because you got such a, an early start in your recruitment and you were on the road traveling and checking out schools. But for a lot of these prospects I'm speaking to now, they are seriously considering committing two universities where they have never set foot on campus and may not be able to do that until they actually enroll kind of outside of your scope because you committed to a school where you traveled to a bunch of times. But can you put yourself in those shoes and, and how would you consult a recruit who's coming to you and says, I like Penn State, but I have no idea what it's actually like in person. What do I do now? Right. I mean, uh, like I said, it, you know, we're living in, you know, we're living in times that, you know, no one's ever had to deal with. So it's not like there's really, you know, uh, a, there hasn't been a, a plan in place. You know, like I said, Coach Franklin's done a great job um, with all this, all these virtual Zoom calls and all these, you know, getting the coaches on, trying to make people feel at home. Um, and I, I feel like that's that's really all you can do, unfortunately. Um, like you said, you know, I've been able to, I think someone told me I've been up to Penn State like 15, maybe 18 times, something like that. You know, so it's just a three-hour drive for me. So um, one thing I have, a couple of guys have done, have just went up to Penn State. Obviously, they can't see, um, they can't see the coaches, but they can kind of just walk around, you know, get a feel for the campus. Um, you know, obviously, it's not the, not the same thing. You can't even go inside the football facilities, but, you know, at least you can get, you know, a feel. Uh, but that's, that's what I've told a couple different guys to do. Um, I know a couple people, a couple different people, uh, have done that. So that'd be, that'd be my main suggestion if it's possible. Um, that's what I've told guys to try to head up to campus and at least, at least just get a feel for it. Um, Last weekend, Nolan Rucci turned some heads by doing exactly what you're talking about, stopping by right. campus, driving through. What's your stance on where things stand with Nolan Rucci right now? Wisconsin's still a major player. Penn State right there as well. A bunch of great schools on the table for him. Yeah, uh, I think everybody knows by this point that Nolan is definitely you know, a reserve guy. He definitely keeps it tight. Uh, he does not, he does not a big social media guy. So you know, it's definitely hard to read him. Um, if I had to say, it's probably like, it's probably us, Wisconsin. I heard like Stanford's in the mix as well. Um, so, you know, obviously this is a, this would be a perfect time, um, to make, make a push for him, try to get him on campus. Obviously with, with, with COVID, you know, that's not possible. Um, 
So that's why that's why, like, I, like I keep going back to that's why Coach Franklin and the team, you know, are trying to put together these like something like a virtual last batch and and these player panels to try to you know make the players feel at home, get all their get all you know their questions answered. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people with unanswered questions, you know, about school. Um, I think since they put together some type of like video where it basically shows the whole the whole football uh, building and all that stuff. Um, so those other guys can see it that I haven't seen it yet. Obviously, no one's seen it, but uh, but yeah, just you know, fingers crossed for that. I don't know exactly when he's planning on committing, but you know, hopefully we land him. What would an addition like that mean to this class? I, I know folks are looking for more star power, and and, and boy, would, would Nolan Rucci fit the bill there? Yeah, yeah, no, that'd mean a lot. You know, that'd be that'd be huge. Uh, that'd be a huge addition to our class. I know we're not taking a huge class. Um, so I don't know exactly how many more we're taking, but that would be that would be a great that would be a great addition, uh, you know, for our class. You know, get a you know great addition on the O line too. I love I, I love to work with them. That'd be amazing. Another offensive lineman I wanted to bring up because you brought him up back in April and you were like, watch out for this guy. Maybe not getting enough attention. Diego Pounds, and all of a sudden the twenty four seven Sports Crystal Ball pushing towards Penn State in recent days. I'm assuming you still like where things are headed with Diego. That North Carolina offer recently turned some heads, people thinking maybe that could sway him. Do you still think he ends up in the Penn State class with you? Um, yeah, that's tough to say. Um, I mean, obviously, I mean, we, we talk a lot. We'll like, that's, that's me and Diego play PS4 a lot. You know, we'll FaceTime, all that good stuff. Um, you know, we've talked about being roommates, all that stuff. Um, I, ultimately, I, you know, I hope he comes to Penn State. Um, it would it would be it would be fun. It would be amazing because obviously we're already friends. Um, I see I see us getting him. I don't know his timetable for for his commitment. Um, I think he's planning on committing in the near future. Are you working especially hard with anyone else that I haven't mentioned outside of those offensive linemen? And are there is there anyone who fits that bill uh, that you've applied to Diego Pounds in April? Maybe the the, the target we're not talking about enough. Yeah, actually, I did a I did an interview with someone earlier, and they asked me that. Now, there's there's not really too much, you know. I gave you I gave you guys Diego a little while ago. We don't really have you know anybody that's like flying under the radar or anything that w- that we're trying to commit. You know, I think all our guys out there that we're trying to get are kind of you know out there. Everybody knows about them. Um, so we are really just focusing all our attention on those guys, um, just making a, making a final push for them. You've got a few more months to get this class to take shape, but Penn State's not going to have a chance to prove itself on the football field. And obviously that's an important part of this process and and, and the whiteout's not going to happen. And that's such a recruiting event. What do you think within controllable circumstances that you, the Penn State staff, et cetera, can do to put this class in a great position come winter? Yeah. I mean, just keep recruiting our butts off. Um, You know, we have a great, we have a great recruiting department with, you know, uh, Destiny, Thatch, you know, all the, all those guys, um, you know, they do a fantastic job. Uh, shout out Caleb too. He, you know, amazing, uh, edits for the, sending them out to all the guys. Uh, they come up with great ideas for that. So you should stay on track with that. Just keep in contact with the guys. I mean, that's really all you can do right now. Um, just stay on them. Just stay on them, stay on them, stay on them. By the way, I should mention that 2022 class coming together all of a sudden, uh, three guys yeah. in about in about ten days. Did that did that catch your attention? That surprise you at all? Yeah, yeah. I talked to I talked to a couple of those guys. Uh, it looks like we're gonna. I think we may get a couple more here and in, in, in pretty soon here too. So 
I mean, that's great. Obviously, I want I want the I want the future to keep shaping up. Obviously, guys, I'm gonna play with. Uh, that that's big. That we're that we're started off early, started off well. Um, they're all they all seem to be pretty big name guys as well. Um, so you know that's exciting for for the future of Penn State. They seem like good kids, and uh, you know it's it, it sounds like we're in a good place with a lot of the in-state guys as well, which is big. Um, yeah. So that would that would be that would be great. It's great we're starting off well, so just keep going. All right. Well, three commitments in that class, 13 in yours. We look forward to seeing how it finishes out for the Nittany Lions a few more months to go. And uh, hopefully you get some answers on the high school field and, and then you get some more answers for what awaits at, at Penn State for you. But thank you in the meantime for, for helping us kind of delve through the details as we're, we're, we're curious about a lot of this stuff too, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. A couple of quick follow-ups from that conversation uh, with Landon Tangwall. Um, just to clarify, we mentioned Diego Pounds trending in the crystal ball there. Um, when I brought up Pounds' name, uh, that's something we've seen. Sean Fitz a part of that. Um, a couple of interesting crystal ball picks being logged there uh, for Penn State with the North Carolina offensive lineman. And then Nolan Rucci also referenced this in the questioning of Tengwall was on campus last weekend along with his parents who are both uh, Nittany Lions sports alumni. Um, they, you know, this is not anything that needed to be really prearranged. They were already in town for, for a, a family friends event. Um, and it was just the latest opportunity for Rucci to, to take a picture next to the line and get it on social media and, and cause a bit of a stir as Penn State continues to focus in on Pennsylvania's top rated 2021 recruit. I understand that they were in town to see other people, but that's a a really curious spot to drop the lion shrine picture. I just, I was, (laughs) Nolan is a really smart kid. That family has done a really nice job with the recruitment. Like you said, they play it close to the vest. Uh, People people you talk to all over, you know, say that they play it close to the vest. And that's just a really interesting trip to me, especially considering the circumstances of his recruitment, the fact that he's been adamant about taking visits. I know he went out to Wisconsin this summer to to take Hayden back with uh, with the family, but uh, it's just a really, really interesting visit for Rucci. And, you know, I, I mean, obviously you want to get him on campus every chance you can get. I know he's familiar with the campus. I know he's familiar with the program, the town and all that kind of stuff, but you know, just get him around and, and look around. It was a nice day the other day. That's, you know, something that could play into it. But I think really, uh, you know, just that the educational aspect of it with the, uh, the, the engineering, uh, aerospace, I, it's, it's all above me. I'm a freaking writer and he's talking aerospace engineer, but also the, the relationship with Phil Troutwine and his development and things like that. Very big in this recruitment. So, um, you know, Wisconsin's certainly still there. Clemson's certainly still hanging around, but, you know, Penn State, does seem to be gaining a little bit of that momentum back and and you know you gotta i don't know if you you like where you stand if you're any program right now because they do play so close to the vest but you know that i see that as a positive for penn state pounds on the other hand i put in my crystal ball things seem to be trending there for a commitment in the very near future north carolina throws in an offer kind of mucks it up a little bit but still from what we're hearing from the feedback there is you know penn state's still in a pretty good spot so He's a guy that we're watching for a decision could be any time now. And, and you know, he hasn't been to campus for uh, a visit yet, but still uh, crazy times in that 2021 class. And that's kind of where we're where we're looking with that. Rucci, the number four offensive tackle in 24-7 sports composite rankings, number 13 overall nationally 
in the 2021 recruit rankings. Um, you talk about Pounds, uh, not quite that clout, uh, a, a high three-star uh, in the top 40 of offensive tackles. And um, when you look at this, you know, Landon Tangwall discussed being able to potentially put put a, a really nice uh, bow on the offensive line class and and and, and adding these a uh, five-star talent and a guy they're really high on in, in Diego Pounds you've got Nate Bruce on board since last autumn uh, Landon Tengwall the the currently the top rated um, player on their on their commitment list and Sean when we look at what Phil Troutwine has been able to do and what he has not been able to do in year one with Penn State one thing he will not be able to do is showcase the development and the progress that he's made with this Penn State offensive line unit anytime soon it was going to be fascinating to see maybe the steps they would take forward with a very talented and experienced room um, what's your read on, on where Troutwine is in this 2021 cycle again recruiting with a hand tied behind his back yeah I mean you, you nailed it right there I mean there's 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 so much you can do now it's a little bit different because he, I think he's got you know an established track record from what they did at Boston College they're out there talking to these guys about what they were able to do with Boston College and I, and I'm going to say this and it's going to sound like a slight to those guys but they're going to tell them hey look what, what look what he was able to do with lesser talent you know guys that you know weren't getting the Penn State offers guys that weren't getting the Ohio State offers turning guys into first round picks that you know were sort of out of nowhere and you know I know Steve Adazio and the, and the reputation that he has in a, as an offensive line head coach but at the same time, I mean, this guy was was coaching him up, doing a really good job. So I think that you've got that track record behind him. Um, it's a little bit different, though. You know, Stubblefield has been place to place. John Scott Jr. was a, a position coach, but a co-position coach on the defensive line at South Carolina. So I think of the three new position guys, and not really including Kirk Shiraka in this, but of the three new position guys, he's got that established track record, and you can sort of lean back on that. Uh, it's been a couple episodes since we took a dive into the five-star mailbag. Let's change that up and do that right now. We've got time for one. And, Sean, this is about the evolving situation in college football. And naturally, um, uh, and a question on how personnel decisions will tie into it. Uh, here we go. If the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 remain on track to play football this fall, do you see some juniors and seniors from the Big 10 and Pac-12 jumping into the transfer portal? If that happens, do you think the NCAA will grant immediate eligibility to those juniors and seniors uh, entering the portal in hopes of signing with a school that they can play with this fall? Also, do you think any Penn State players such as Shaka Tony, Antonio Shelton, Journey Brown, and Pat Fryermuth would jump ship so they can get some tape for NFL teams to look at? About three questions rolled into one right there, and Sean, I'll, I'll send it your way now. Three questions. That's like six <laughs> questions with multiple layers. And yeah, there's a lot to take in in that question. And it's, I think it's a great question because again, not a ton of answers out there. I, first off, I do think, you know, some guys will enter the portal. We've already seen that at the FCS level and, and below guys from the Mac that want to get out there and want to play. Now, this was, you know, a couple of weeks ago when they thought the Big Ten, you know, uh, lo and behold, a week ago when the Big Ten released its schedule, that that gives you an opportunity to think that there's going to be football. Now I think there's a little bit more hesitancy because you take a look at the situation, um, especially for Big Ten schools. To take Penn State, for example. You've got guys that are kind of more in wait-and-see mode because, okay, you know, the SEC says they're going to play, ACC is going to play. All of a sudden, you've had this season yanked out from under you in the Big Ten, and you know what that can feel like, and you 
you know, you know, that transferring is really not going to do you any good if these schools and these uh, conferences decide not to play football. So yeah, I think there, there will be guys that test it. And I think if it comes to the situation where those schools do end up playing football, yeah, I think they'll will be granted immediate eligibility. I mean, I think we're heading that direction in college football anyway. When you talk about the one-time transfer thing, uh, that just might give it a jump start and go with it. What's interesting there is, you know, it's kind of like, you know, back when the sanctions were levied and Penn State players were able to go, not everybody's going to have a scholarship. Not everybody's going to have space. I mean, you, you may have space for one guy, but you're not going you're not going to have space for everybody. So, I think that's something to take into account. Especially if you're going to take, uh, you know, this sort of imbalance between the conferences and try and, you know, smooth things out and get things equal. They're not going to give scholarship extensions just so you can bring in top guys from the Big Ten and the, and, and the Pac-12. That that I mean, that can't be an option, right? Uh, so I, I think that from that aspect of it, uh, you'll see guys try and test that waters. But I think there's just going to be a wait and see right now. Um, you know, you, you look at what the other schedules are, some of these schools starting um, there's their um, season, their regular season in late September. So it kind of buys you a little bit more time, which is one of the reasons I was in favor of the Big Ten delaying and then eventually canceling. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really see it uh, affecting Penn State all that much. I know that these guys are going to keep an eye out because that's, let's be honest, it's, it's like I said with Micah, it's time to be selfish. It's time to look out for your best interests. And if you're one of these guys, uh, one of these four guys, Shaka, Shelton, Brown, Journey Brown, Pat Fryermuth, yeah, you you can do an you 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 do have an opportunity to to improve your future lifestyle and improve your draft status and all that kind of stuff if it comes to that. But I'm just not convinced that it's going to. I think Fryermuth, he can he can rest easy with the film that he has put I, I on tape. With, yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. I, I would separate him from that group and Journey Brown. Uh, you know, I, you know, five game sample is is a different story. So that that is tricky to figure out with Brown, who otherwise you're looking at maybe an RB one potential as a draft prospect in 2021. Um, Shelton, Tony, you know, those are guys who certainly could benefit from 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 another year here. I think the guys that that I specifically look to in terms of the NFL outlook are are some of the the third year eligible players. Um, you know, we've mentioned some of these names: Rasheed Walker at offensive tackle, uh, Jason Oway at defensive end, uh, PJ Mustfer at defensive tackle. Those were some that popped up to me, and in, in thinking that that they may be a breakout year away from from leaving early. But without the ability to develop a breakout year, those are the kind of players to me, and, and I don't specifically point out these three on Penn State's roster, I think in general, that's the kind of point in a career where I think there will be a lot of motivation to maybe get on a field this fall. If you said, I'm going to be a three and out guy at the college level, and this is throwing a major wrench into my plans because I can't do that third season here, I do wonder where the NCAA is going to come down on this if the Big Ten earnestly moves forward with a plan for early 2021 football. Uh, we, we've, we've seen Jeff Brom come out with, with, with uh, you know, a, a couple uh, documents on, on what he envisions for, for a possible season, you know, beginning with training in January and all that different stuff. Um, if there still is an opportunity to play during this, uh, this college year, uh, would that impact, uh, you know, the, the, the ability to pick up some kind of transfer waiver and, and, and bump ahead and, and try to play this fall? I think one thing to remember, as you said, the door's not going to be open for a lot of 
these guys, uh, these personnel department people are so, so meticulous in planning out years in advance of their scholarship allotment, how that impacts what they can do addressing the transfer portal, how that impacts what they can do during late stages of a signing period and, and what kind of wiggle room they have to either bring a player on board or turn down a late addition to the recruiting class that, you, that your coaches may be fighting for, but you got to be the bad guy and say, we have a plan here that doesn't fit for what we can do numbers wise. A lot of teams are going into their season right now within you know uh, six weeks or so across the board in conferences. They're already on the football field. To me, I, I just don't see some kind of mad dash to get on depth charts in those conferences like rats escaping a, ship, a sinking ship or something like that. Um, but I would not be surprised uh, if, if we hear players exploring that being engaged in conversations with, with uh, you know, some of their connections. and um, But you've got to enter that transfer portal, I guess, to, to open yourself up to, to the dialogue with other schools. But these schools that are playing are focused on playing right now, Sean, trying to do the best they can to avoid getting on the field and falling all over each other. It's not really the best of times for coaches to be focusing externally. And, and But you know there's personnel guys out there across the SEC, across the ACC, they're putting a big board together, names that they've maybe have some ties to with the staff, guys they maybe have recruited before, or maybe there's just a glaring weakness at a position and you think there's a player out there in the Big Ten or the Pac-12 who could be an answer for you and may have a case to make that move onto your roster uh, and the NCAA granting that access. But but boy, I, I, I don't see this as being something that, that's going to be commonplace and I, I don't necessarily see it. Uh, impacting Penn State between now and mid-September. Uh, I think the transfer portal, though, does loom large uh, you know, later into this year, though. Well, I hope it doesn't become commonplace because that's, you know, that's that's a whole new animal. You, I mean, you mm-hmm. could talk about one-time transfer. I mean, this is something, this is free agency, basically. And if I'm, you know, if I'm a director of personnel in, in the Big 12 or the SEC or the, the ACC, Darn right, I'm making a big board. I'm looking at my roster. I'm seeing what I'm missing. I mean, you take a look at uh, take a look at a guy like, uh, say, Michael Mennett. You know, uh, you know, a guy that's an All Big Ten uh, guy in the interior offensive line. Everybody needs offensive linemen. If I'm sitting at 83 scholarships and that's a guy that's a guy that's available for a year, hell yeah, I'm going to go after him and, and try and get it done. So, um, and I think conversely, when you take a look at the Big Ten side of things. Spring football can be some sort of a deterrent for those guys to, um, you know, to stick around to, uh, sorry, a deterrent from looking around uh, and and an incentive to stick around to say that, hey, you know, there's a legitimate shot that we're going to play in the spring. Don't know if that's going to happen, but at the same time, gives you a chance to tell the guy, don't go anywhere. You're going to play as a Penn State football player. You're going to play as a Big Ten football player, and we're going to we're going to get this thing done. And your career is not going to be as different as you thought it may have been, uh, you know, a couple of days ago or something like that. So, I think it's a very interesting question. Again, don't have a ton of answers on that, but at the same time, I mean, it's it's very fascinating to see which direction this could go to because you're looking at a version of all out free agency, and like I said. If you're those three conferences, you're doing what you can to make your team better and make this uh, make that roster work to make a run in in 2020. And the Big 12 and Pac 10, excuse me, the Big 10 and Pac 12 really can't do a ton about it from that from that aspect. Really, the elephant in the room right now for these players, for these programs, and for their leaders, like James Franklin, and, and like he said on Tuesday. Uh, they need structure. They need to. They need to know what's next. They need to have a road laid out in front of them for these next few months to finish off the year. What is life going to be like? 
How much structure is there going to be? We've heard about some programs continuing team workouts, team practices, or, or attempting to perhaps do that. I don't know where that stands on other campuses at this stage. We don't know what Penn State's outlook is going to be, but how are you keeping these guys engaged? How are you continuing to build team chemistry off the field? And, and how are you putting yourself in a position where uh, you can give it a, a player an answer with a straight face in terms of are we really trying to play football in January or February of 2021, or is this the carrot at the end of the stick that is making us feel better about how much this sucks in August 2020? We need to figure out what that all is, Sean, because you hear from guys like Urban Meyer, like you know, forget about it. There's no chance the spring football season happens, and then you've got a current head coach at Purdue coming out with a plan for here's when we play, here's when we practice, here has how that impacts next fall, and what we're going to do to approach the, the 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 second season of 2021. We got to find out which direction the Big Ten is going because until we know that, it's going to open the door to all kind of speculation with player movement. And we got to find out where we're going to put Tyler in his bubble in the Big Ten bubble uh, for the spring, right? Indianapolis or Detroit or what? That uh, there was a lot going on in those in those pr- uh, proposals, I guess you'll call them. But uh, yeah, enjoy enjoy the Midwest in in f- January and February, buddy. Yeah, I'm I, I'm yeah. Maybe we can go international, go to the Greek Isles or something like that. Let's change it up and, and ensure some good weather. If I got to go to Detroit and hang out there for for a week, as long as we're watching football, Sean, I'll I'll go wherever we need me to camp out at the at the airport. Um, as long as we have some football to get to Um, that's going to do it for this episode thank you very much to Landon Tangwall for having a conversation that he didn't have a lot of answers to to some of these things yet that's not an easy discussion to have at this stage so we always appreciate uh, him I think you'll hear from him again down the road here on the podcast Uh, thanks to Sean Sean I hope you have a a good weekend it's been a hell of a week here at Lions 24-7 one that we will never forget and uh, you know it was nice to talk uh, recruiting today and, and and it was nice of uh, Holden Stays to give us a reason to do so. It was a nice distraction, will be a nice distraction for the foreseeable future. Uh, you got to continue to to close out on 2021 if you're Penn State. Of course, signing day has not changed. The dead period has been extended to the end of September. Forgot to mention that earlier, um, but I don't see really visits happening before that uh, that signing period. So we'll see what happens with 2021. 2022 is is trucking along, and there's still some guys to to keep an eye on there. And you know things seem to be going well from that uh, from that point of view. So hopefully we can continue to talk recruiting. Hopefully you will continue to listen. Also uh, review us. To, uh, check out or leave your questions we're gonna be leaning on the mailbag here so leave your questions in that five-star mailbag and things have changed since a lot of those mailbag questions were submitted so uh we're gonna need to update the topics uh we we need some fresh questions that that don't involve fall football so send them our way please no doubt check us out apple Podcasts, spotify uh that's tyler donahue i'm sean fitz we're gonna send you on your way into the weekend hope is a great one everyone this is the lions 24 7 podcast